I have a little confession I'd like to make before we jump in. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> do you know that scene in Saltburn where <laughs> Barry Keown drinks Jacob Elordi's fat uh, water? Yeah, yeah. I did that to you. When? Multiple times <laughs> when we were living together. Oh. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Was it tasty? <laughs> it was awful. But I just couldn't stop. Oh. It was like an addiction, you know? Like, but <laughs> I didn't ever, uh, you know, tickle the weasel when I was in the shower, so. Oh, what was I drinking then? Just soapy, dirty water, I guess. Exclusive. Just, I was... Yeah, sweaty water. I was like, what does it taste like shampoo? Is this normal? It was the first I never tasted, so I was like, oh, oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah. It must have been quite bitter. <laughs> It was so bad, but I just couldn't stop. It was like a drug addiction, you know? It was just your <laughs> leftover shampoo. <laughs> good to know. Well, we always have to keep it nice and clean here in the podcast. So that's, oh, yeah. a, that's a good little opening there to... <laughs> if we were sponsored that, by... You know, like it's family-friendly. shampoo company. That, that was our way of <laughs> leading into it. <laughs> you could do what Barry Keown did with this shampoo. <laughs> um, just pretending it's Jacob Elordi's sperm. We had uh, a bit of an issue. We Are we going to talk about this? If you want. Okay, we had a big fight. No, no. Um, oh, disaster. I mean, it's not that interesting. It's not just... that interesting, but it's kind of funny. Maybe if the energy looks different, you'll know why. Or even the fact that it's darker. Basically, where I work, we have like, I'm there on my own. We have to, we have like a little safe where you keep a key. You open the, you know, open the whole building with the key, basically. And the person taking over obviously needs that key to close the building. Mm. I came all the way home, which is about a 40 minute train journey from from where I live, and the moment I reached into my pockets to open the door to my house, I felt the keys of my workplace. <laughs> Sebastian was like 20 minutes away? Yeah, about 20 minutes, and then you obviously like... Ah, <laughs> oh, disaster. Yeah. There was like no point in me not coming, because... Because you're so like close. Just over an hour to get here. Yeah. So, but I had to go back to give yeah. that lady the key. And yeah, I mean, for anybody listening from America and from London, you obviously know how annoying getting a train anywhere is. So imagine having to do that journey essentially four times. I had to go to work and back four times altogether. So yeah, really good fun. (laughs) I appreciate that you kept yourself free and that we're still able to get this bad boy done. But yeah, as always, welcome to Dylan and Sebastian have a Simpsons podcast. The podcast myself and Sebastian here do... And treat like a child that we nurture and we let it grow and eventually we let it go and it goes off into the world. Mm. You know, well, it's yeah, it's motherly going off into the world every week. So mm. keep keep a track of the Instagram and uh, you know, keep yeah. notifications on on Spotify, whatever platform you use, so mm. you know when it comes out. Exactly, uh, this podcast is only. I guess three years old, three and a half years old. I'm nervous about the day when it gets puberty and yeah. it starts getting, you know, throwing tantrums and stuff. I was thinking um, today, like, uh, may I be cheeky and ask how many questions we got? We got three, I think. Maybe we should just kick it off with one of the questions. Kick it off one of the one questions. One of the That's questions, interesting. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I I won't uh, turn down you wanting to mix, mix it up. Sure. Yeah. So we have two Simpsons related questions and one non-Simpsons one. Um, what do you reckon? Let's do one Simpsons. To, yeah, I guess the role yeah. of the episode. I mean, this is a good one in kind of theme with the episode too, actually, is our buddy Ollie Miller asked, rank the five core family in order from best to worst. Oh, well, 
I'm going to put Maggie as worst because yeah. obviously Maggie is just not a proper character. Yeah, really. I still like her, but like yeah, you can't compare to the other four. Yeah. Um, probably Marge. Yeah. But just because, you know, obviously Marge is great, but. Yeah, so far I'm in full agreement with you. Yeah, character just not quite as good as the other ones. Yeah, so far I'm in agreement with you, but I think this is where it'll change for us. Uh, yeah, next I was gonna go with Lisa. Yeah, yeah. I'm not um, like I have nothing against women, by the way. Oh I mean, yeah, it probably seems like I do. I've just uh, ranked three in the bottom. But yeah, but they're against Homer and yeah. Bart, who are both sensational yeah. characters. Bart, yeah, obviously iconic character, and like the fact that it was my childhood. Yeah, Bart yeah, Simpsons we yeah. Sheets, you know, of like, course, t-shirts. Oh, then, I idolized Bart growing up. Yeah, I thought I was Bart. Yeah, grew up to realize that was Millhouse. You know, <laughs> as you do. And then, um, <laughs> now I'm Principal Skinner. And then obviously number one, Homer. Homer Simpson he just is one of the best TV show characters of all time. I mean, he's my favorite fictional character ever, yeah. and always will be. Yeah, there you go, hundred percent. Yeah, mine would be almost the exact same. I would just switch Lisa for Bert. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah I good. absolutely love Bert. Don't get me wrong, uh, and that that definitely explains that's only happened in recent years. Like growing up, Bert was my favorite, um, and Lisa probably would have gone before. Marriage or Maggie, I remember hating her when I was a kid because she, you know, she's the voice of reason and everything else. But yeah. now that I'm older, I can appreciate her differently. Like, sure. she's such a well written character, so well rounded, so three dimensional. Um, I've heard the writers mention many times in interviews and the commentaries and stuff that they kind of use her to get off their own like pl- political beliefs and stuff like that out, which makes perfect sense because she's the only character you could do that with. Yeah, you know, but stuff like that just makes her such a kind of unique character. Oh. I think. Bart, yeah. Bart's art won't be happy. <laughs> Bart's art be very upset. <laughs> I know there's no Lisa pages, or at least not one following us yet anyway. I'm sure there must be some. But um, yeah, no, that, that, that's a cool question. But yeah, 100% Homer Simpson number one for me. I had like, I wouldn't say an argument, it's like a big disagreement with, with my mom recently. She was talking about her tattoos and she was saying, would I ever like to get a tattoo? And I was like, I was, I've always thought about it and the only, the only thing I can imagine I would like to have on my body forever would be Homer Simpson. <laughs> Just his face, or like him eating a donut or something, something Simpsons related because of how much the show has meant to me. And she was like, I would give like another five years or something like that before you made that decision. And I was like, You're 25. I'm 25 now. Yeah. I don't think by the time I'm 30, I'll be like, Ah, I'm grounded the Simpsons. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've loved it for the first quarter of my life. I don't think that's going to go away. Maybe you should get something more symbolic, like a symbolic. donut with a. Um, like a bite taken out of it, yeah. yeah. That, no, that, that's crossed my mind too, 100%. But I feel like I, I would like the face of Homer, yeah. yeah. But I, I would want to be something a little stylistically different, like not literally just like him smiling or something. But yeah, I, I don't know what that could I be. I thought of a, ta- a SpongeBob tattoo recently because mm. I was like, I don't know if I want SpongeBob. Like, you already I have, doodle I already Bob. have a little doodle yeah, Bob. I don't know if I want a big SpongeBob. Mm. But I was like, you know, the clouds, like the, the clouds. That are made oh, that's clouds. cool. Yeah, That'd be really that's cool. so symbolic. Yeah, yeah. They have like three of them just somewhere. Like, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, that's so symbolic. But the right people will know exactly. what that is. You know, yeah. that's like something you can trust. There's something that's like, oh, SpongeBob. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I definitely do want to get something. Uh, someday in time, I will have a Simpsons-related tattoo on me. One hundred percent. What that would be, I'm not too sure yet. But yeah, even Macarena's signature has crossed my mind before. I know it's kind of weird. <laughs> no, but that'd be awesome. And it's it cool, be, right? Yeah, it could be really small. That's yeah, thing. yeah, totally. Somewhere, I don't know. literally just there. You only see yeah. if you're looking. Like, yeah, yeah. Right, loads, loads of ideas for sure. But anyway, let's jump into this very experimental episode: a mid-childhood night's dream. This is the second episode of the thirty-fifth season, and yeah, let us just jump right in. So, 
we see we, we, we already talked about the music and kind of the colour and stuff that this isn't really happening it's sort of a dream this whole episode is more or less a dream sequence I've said like 75% dream sequence so we jump in Marge returns home to a much younger Bart and Lisa and Bart's insisting on carrying the groceries because he's gotten really strong and um <clears throat> And we said Lisa drew a picture of her in pudding all over the floor. And it's immediately reminded of me and my, my brother, actually. He's only seven years old. That's a, that seems to be a, a, a thing that young boys go through around that age. That they think they're the strongest person oh, in the yeah, world. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's these giant adults in front of them, but they somehow think they're stronger than them. Yeah. But uh, they play with a bubble gun that Marge bought them in the backyard. And Marge says to Homer that this is a perfect moment. And she starts crying because she realizes that this all is going to slip away. And we see the baby back and like gets stuck in a bubble and Marge is trying to save him but she can't. She then wakes up and Homer wakes up as well. Uh, he said that he <laughs> that Dracula was threatening to sue him. Would have loved to have seen that dream. She says she was sad because she knows her days with the kids are gonna end and Homer understands it's uh, why the best part of a six why the last part of a six foot Party sub is always bittersweet for him. <laughs> great line. I thought they did a great job. This is a more serious episode. They did a great job of having Homer be there, just a comic relief consistently, so that it's never too serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just thought Homer like rounded it all out really well. But he he says the marriage looks great, but she's like super pale and like looks incredibly sick. He says she looks great. Honey, you're drenched. It's mm, bubble juice. Oh, honey, you don't look so good. I mean, I think you look great, but someone else, say, a doctor, might be alarmed at your pale skin that is both hot and cold. <laughs> we've, we've all been there. Like, that it's, level of just pure it's, sickness, it's, it's yeah. Like, but, like, when you have to tell oh, someone, yeah. like... <laughs> like yeah, Especially you, a romantic partner. Yeah, it's yeah. like, if they do look really sick or whatnot, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, put it very gently. You do look quite, you know, bad, but... I don't think you look bad, but I think like someone else might think. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, like I, you know, I'm totally for me. Like there was no way you could be anything other than like a hundred percent perfect and beautiful. But trying to think from somebody else's perspective, maybe you could do going to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you know, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> yeah, she's like shot in the chest. Yeah, you're like, can I just say you look amazing right now? <laughs> I'm gonna call an ambulance. <laughs> but um, Mary says she's just pale from the three glasses of rosé that they had last night. And Homer describes, he starts describing their delicious meal that they had, how it was all like wrapped in bacon and stuff. And this is very relatable too. There's only worse when you're feeling sick in your stomach and like smelling food or thinking about food. I, I really, really I love that, that like food poisoning just doesn't affect Homer. I know, yeah. So far, like. <laughs> He's too far gone. It just didn't affect him whatsoever. He's happy out. But uh, yeah, this makes marriage throw up. And she tells him not to listen as they need to keep the romance alive. And I really thought they missed out on the opportunity for a good gag there. It's just, she could have like came out like trying to be all sexy because she was like have to keep the romance alive. She could have came out like trying to like start something, but she's clearly really ill. Yeah, I thought that would have been really funny. Yeah. Anyway, but she wonders why Homer didn't get sick, but he just says the cl the clinical term is I'm all thrown up. It's a brilliant line. Uh, she tells Homer that she has to be well for the bounceathon tomorrow. She falls asleep, and uh, another dream again. She's playing peekaboo with a baby Bart and. Uh, Cuts to his first day at kindergarten and he's like struggling to let go of marriage for the first time and she loses him at a shopping mall. This is going to be hard to describe because it's all like jumping around the place. It's obviously all going on in marriage, marriage's head. Um, but when she finds him, he's a young adult now. He's like in his 20s with like a stubble and everything playing a video game. And he's like, I was just about to beat these mutated houseflies at tennis. 
We didn't cut to Homer as an usher. Again, just love what they did with Homer here. Like, every time we see him from this point onwards, he's like a different version of Homer. I thought that was so fun and creative. He's an usher. He's playing a didgeridoo. He's like, oh, in the waking world, I'm not great at these. He gets introduced, or Lisa get, or Marge gets introduced to her inner Lisa, who remembers everything Lisa ever said to her exactly the way she heard it. And she tells her that she's currently experiencing Lucy Dreamy, discovered by a group of doctors from a country somewhere. And Homer says she's as smart as old Sheldon. You ever <laughs> had uh, Great Lucy, light. Lucid Dreams? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah have you? Yeah, I used yeah. to um, like kind of pra- do practices to, to get them more. Is that when you'd look at like a symbol? So when you fall asleep and you see the symbol. I never did that. Oh, that, that was what I tried before. But what I did was um, like before bed, you have to keep checking yourself that you're conscious. So you'd be like... Oh, counting wow. your fingers and like looking at your hands and being like yeah I'm present I'm present that's so weird yeah okay. and it worked yeah yeah to okay. be fair it worked most of the time yeah I never had one where it was like I literally was stuck in the dream it's like I had to really concentrate mm. to to be in the dream yeah and I could like I'd like I'm like completely aware mm. I'm like no no I can feel myself like fading out I need to concentrate and concentrate and by fading out, do you mean like you were going to wake up or just yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That's what I always found is I I, I never practiced it too hard. I, I but I just had dreams before where I suddenly realize I'm in a dream, and then I'm sorry, you know going crazy and doing whatever I want. Um, but I would always quickly wake up. It'd be like you know five minutes maximum, and then I'm awake. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah it does obviously take a huge degree of concentration and everything else. I can't imagine it's a good rest though, is it? Because you're obviously super energetic and like. I don't know. You don't know. Okay. Maybe your same. brain's always active, and we have dreams. That's true. Multiple dreams a night that we don't remember. remember yeah, it's crazy. It's... We're always dreaming. We just yeah. usually don't remember it. It's insane. But yeah, I I I, I love Homer's line that Lisa's as smart as old Sheldon. That just is, that's what Homer considers like ultimate genius, and he's saying that because he obviously watches young Sheldon, which just makes sense to his character. Um, she says that she's um seeing Homer as an otter because yesterday he was lying in the kiddie poo eating nachos from his belly. He says it's a table that's always with him. She says some, sometimes he's also a clown, we get a clown version of Homer, a baked potato and a baked clown potato and sometimes he's the property brothers. <laughs> which is obviously emerges as the host for the... Yeah. Which made me think something incredibly random but imagine you're an, an identical twin brother and and you marry a woman it must be weird to know that your wife obviously finds your brother attractive well that's the thing and they <laughs> can't lie about it no because yeah, like, yeah no no he's he's ugly what do you mean he looks just like me yeah. <laughs> like they have to just admit like yeah well obviously he is attractive yeah yeah of course but I, I don't like his personality you don't like my brother's personality it's like there's no winning in that situation also I know that a lot of identical twins have really similar personalities uh, yeah yeah so, for sure especially if they grew up together definitely but then other times it's like completely different yeah it's like split like so different like I had these two twins a year ahead of me in school growing up I remember and one was like one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet and you know was a dickhead so it's interesting how sometimes they yeah like the exact same or or sometimes polar opposites you know it's weird yeah it's just a fascinating weird thing that twins even exist you know what I mean it is mental it's it's almost like a, a, a glitch in the matrix or something that they happen it's so strange she starts visualizing all of her thoughts from yesterday in like a file coming out of the oven and I had to write down all the files they were hilarious one was uh, sports are dumb. I have manly thumbs. I don't like pistachios. Is that guy from Dynasty Alive? Should have worn layers. What sinks in here? And finally, uh, Bart shouting. 
she runs out to Bart. This is Bart, as we know him, as, as a 10-year-old. Um, he he hurt his hand, and she runs out with, an, with a first aid kit, only to realise he just has a splinter. Uh, she's upset to see how big his hands have gotten. She starts crying, and um, Homer comes in again as the author, and he's like, oh, so that's why you're having nightmares. Bart is super rude and full of splinters. <laughs> and she thinks she might be sick from eating hot dogs, <laughs> and she's like, why would awake me eat those? That doesn't seem like something awake me would do. And maybe this is just like me being a pathetic human being because what's meant to happen here is that like marriage is like having a downfall. But in my thought, I was in my head, I was like, she had like hot dogs and rose last night. Sounds like, like a great combo. <laughs> you know what I mean? That sounds like a great evening. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, but Homer says that after booze, you, you think you can do anything. That he even ended up challenging the valet to an arm wrestle, but it turned out to just be a sign. <laughs> so great. Just consistent great Homer guys. Just like, never let it get too serious, you know? I thought it was done very well. Uh, she says she's confused as to why she was drinking on a school night, but Homer says she needed one after meeting with Bart's teacher. We didn't see a bunch of Marge's other thoughts. They say, uh, stop interrupting Whoopi. That's obviously, Whoopi Goldberg hosts the views. He's obviously talking about that, like totally a show she would watch. Uh, one that says, The Rock's Bus. Uh, do I have to watch The Wire? Uh, no candle is worth that price. And then finally just meeting with Bart's teacher. And no candle's worth that price, I agree. <laughs> just whatever it was, I agree. Every Christmas I get my mom Yankee candles because she loves them, but my god, it hurts my soul having to pay. They're really expensive. They're like, ridiculous. Oh, yeah. yeah, and there's a lot to them. Like they last you like six months or something. They're good, but they're crazy money for wax. They are a lot. I a mean, jar of wax. It's you know, because, it's because they're so popular. And they're so sought after. Yeah, I guess especially at Christmas they just time. did a good job with the branding and everything. The branding like, is great. You could buy any candle, but it's like no, no, I want a Yankee candle. Exactly. And no one asks. No one says. Oh, I want a scented candle for Christmas. They go, I want a Yankee candle for Christmas. Exactly, it's, yeah. It's one of them brands that now people don't call candles candles. It's like Yankee They say, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, they they, they take in the candle market by storm. Yeah. Like, if I got my mom a candle that wasn't a Yankee candle, she'd be like, oh, I guess you don't love me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. you know you spent less. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we then cut to the, they're having a meeting with Miss Peyton. Again, Carrie Washington returning is this brilliant character. I really like this character. Uh, she's saying... Homer says that whatever Bart did, they'll pay to have it uh, cleaned, replaced, or for its therapy. And she says that she's talking to all parents. Bart hasn't done anything. I'm meeting with all the parents, even the normal kids. Oh, Bart is normal. I, I mean, we don't say normal anymore. I'm, I, I'm talking to all the parents. You're not special. I, I mean, you are. She stresses marriage out at the concept of Bart moving to the fifth grade. As she urges her to buy Bart the Orden as well. As fifth graders may look like children, but they smell like nervous cab drivers. <laughs> as she freaks out and realizing that fifth grade would be the last year of his childhood. We didn't cut to her on like a therapist chair, talking to somebody on a therapist chair, um, talking to them about how Bart was once the sweet one and Lisa was the difficult one. And it turns out that the therapist, again, it's the dream, the therapist is a baby Lisa who says it was very advanced that she's going through her terrible twos at only eight, 18 months old. She then wakes up and we are in the real world now, we're out of the dream. She wakes up and joins the kids for Bounce-A-Ton and forming Bart that she was not barfing it was just loud sloshy burps it's <laughs> just disgusting and homer you see homer uh, was trying to make some sort of marshmallow treat that marriage obviously usually makes and in doing so he burnt the rice and he tries to moisten it with eggnog this makes marriage throw up <laughs> just he threw up so much that she thinks she saw wedding cake i guess referring to like their wedding <laughs> 10 years ago 
she says Homer suggests she stays home. She says she's mis- miserable to be missing out on the bounce of time. But Homer says that when he does stuff, he has a fear of missing out on missing out, which he calls fomomomo. <laughs> Which again I related to for sure. <laughs> when you're at a party you just don't want to be at, and you're like, I could have stayed home and watched TV and caught up oh, on that series yeah, I'm watching. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah, way too relatable. She asks Homer to take a picture of the kids giving a thumbs up um, for her for a scrapbook, and he says this. Or back cuts then saying that he's become known for his crazy comedy photos. Doesn't just want to give like a thumbs up for the photo. He says his fans expect him to to do inside out eyelids and scotch tape nose and ask Marge to respect that this is just how he how he is this year and then Marge immediately like, gets emotional like how grown up he sounds and I did immediately kind of note that like that sentence did sound incredibly mature for Marge like a little bit out of character mm-hmm. him being like he's got to accept this is just who I am this year it's like he would never no. you know regularly say something so so mature and so grown up but you know it's it's served a plot it's, it's no big deal we then cut to another dream. An action hero, Homer, is helping Marge away from a bear. But she says she doesn't need the symbolism. She says she she should have treasured every time that Bart held her hand because she can't remember when he stopped. And then Lisa, again Lisa in the dream, tells Marge that parents are like bows and the children are like arrows that get shot forth. And the arrows shouldn't get sad when when they see how far the arrow flies. Really beautiful analogy and the mm-hmm. animation there describing that was done very, very well. And Homer tries to relieve her, saying that she still has Lisa and Maggie, but this just stresses her out even more. Imagine that she's going to go through this whole thing two more times. She then watches a brilliant, brilliant animation. Watches like the sitting room explode, like all items related to the kids are like floating around, like the saxophone and the skateboard and stuff. Really, really well done. And she sees Bart at a playground, like taking silly pictures of himself. And she tries to get in, but the gates won't open for her. And she turns into a skeleton. And she's like, okay, maybe I'm being a little bit negative. We then cut to a dog version of Homer trying to relieve Marge after her brain hurricane. And Marge says that uh, when the kids all leave the nest, she'll have to kill her days with mindless hobbies. And she's like, I I don't want an Etsy storefront. And Homer's like, it's not happening now. There's no need to be sad about... There's, there's no need to be sad about it now it's like going to work on time there's no point and like mm-hmm. <laughs> until the end like actually a beautiful point it's like it's not happening at the moment so what's the point of stressing about it you know actually really beautiful and profound it does make me think as well like if you're on a salary based job mm. can you just like I wonder how often you could get away with being late I mean I was thinking about that because a buddy of mine um, had to take like two days sick last last week and he's on a salary and I asked him about that and he was like oh yeah it's fine like you have a certain amount of sick pay so you can just take it I'm like oh so you literally just had the exact same money at the end of the month yeah, and you yeah, didn't yeah. it's yeah so I'm jealous well figure out like what's the maximum amount of sick days I can without take? anybody saying what's anything what's the maximum amount of time I can be late yeah what, you know why wouldn't you abuse that how many that? toilet breaks I go on at work exactly yeah how many coffee breaks I take yeah like why wouldn't you abuse that when you can you know like abuse the system I saw some guy online figure out like how many he like took a bunch of toilet breaks every day and like figured out how many <laughs> how many days of work he wasn't in from just the toilet breaks oh it was been insane yeah. I think it was like three or four days god yeah just, we'll take the piss especially if you, yeah 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 <laughs> especially if you're consistently drinking water like you just you need to pee a lot like yeah. you know so <laughs> I love that 
but he shows Marge um, that while Barrett was done with the whole Bouncathon thing, uh, I should probably explain what the Bouncathon is as well. It's like it's just like a, a like a, a racing competition, but they're on like space hoppers. Mm-hmm. Is basically what it was. In case anyone listening hasn't seen the episode, um, I mean, like Barrett was totally done with it, but he, he points over to Lisa and sees how excited Lisa is, and that she was being so negative that she didn't realize how happy Lisa was. But then Marge is like, oh, she'll probably hate it next year as well. And Wigan just comes in and is like, I'm gonna have to ask you to get out of the dark place, please. You're right. Bouncathon still means a lot to Lisa. So what are you, like my feelings, boys? No, I'm pretty sure I'm here because deep down you're attracted to me. The uniform, the low center of gravity, my thick syrupy voice. <laughs> I don't think so. If anything, I'm into Eddie. Yeah, he's a beautiful man. I think a little bit of redemption for Eddie there, who's always like the third, like, you yeah. know, the least seen police officer. That's like one of his biggest moments in the whole show, I think, and he's not even in it. <laughs> Ironically. Uh, she insists on going to the Bounce-A-Ton before Lisa's childhood stops, and she wakes herself up. And again, this is actually in the real world. This isn't a dream anymore. She she's, she goes into the car, but she throws up listening to a commercial for Joey's mayonnaise sandwiches, where the mayonnaise is thicker than the bread. <laughs> Great, Ed. What is this? Imagine that texture. Just so disturbing. Uh, she then ruins... The, yeah, she ruins the car. Like, she throws up all over it. She rents a scooter, and she has to enter, like, an account name. But Bounce Mom is taken, Barf Mom, and Borf Mom. And she just tries marriage, and that's fine. And on the way over, she throws up in several uh, front gardens as well. She gets to the school. One of my favorite bits, just Wiggum, or not Wiggum, Skinner wearing the wig. He's wearing a really funky wig. He's, he's wearing it in celebration of 30 life-free days. And he just starts itching it. This is a dumb, quick little bit. He, he, she then tells the parents that she has the plague, so they all get out of the way. She can cut straight through. Then she smells like bacon-wrapped hot dogs being barbecued, and that makes her faint. Uh, she wakes up and we find out she only managed to get like a very blurry picture of Lisa and a selfie of her passed out she's like how did I take a picture passed out and Miss Peyton is like we had to pry the phone from her hands and she says she remembers Marge being very quiet at their parent teacher meeting after she mentioned middle school um, but she says she never said anything uh, she, she never said anything else apart from asking for happy hour, happy hour over at uh, Tuesday or Friday hands. When I heard that, I was like, "Is Tuesday or Friday hands like in the name of a real place?" I looked it up and nothing came up. I'm guessing it's just like a play on TGI Fridays. Must be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Tuesday or Friday. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, she realizes that it was a dream, and she should have noticed because <laughs> Miss Peyton was seven feet tall. And then she goes, and you didn't say I need to buy Bart deodorant. Like, oh no, I did mention that. Strong deodorant. She then says that Bart has plenty of childhood left, as he doesn't even know his right from his left. And we get we then get her last dream, where the the, the real Homer is. I mean, not like a crazy version of Homer. The real Homer asks if she's feeling better, and she says she missed a photo, but Lisa was really happy to see her. So for now, she's happy. And she says Bart. Um, or Homer says that Bart could knock up his high school girlfriend then she'll have grandkids before Maggie starts kindergarten <laughs> Marge just goes oh, wouldn't that be nice she then uh, wakes herself up and she's looking like nice and healthy again and they get a photo of Bart crossing the finish line and like uh, mooning with like two balloons I think and Marge says the photo was perfect and Bart takes her hand and they go to the 
the, the donk thing, the donk, the teacher that he hates. That's a great moment. I mean, that's a great yeah, moment because you can also imagine that's probably what Homer would be doing instead. Yeah, true. Like He'd want to be the one. That behavior. Yeah, yeah. The marriage is doing it, just, just trying to get on his side more. Yeah. yeah, that was beautiful. It also made me think like, we see these in like American like movies and TV shows a lot. Like, I would have loved that as a kid. That was a thing at like the school fairs. You could just like dunk your teacher. <laughs> yeah, that would be so therapeutic. <laughs> I loved as well that it was like his kindergarten teacher, or not his kindergarten, his PE teacher, who we've seen many times in the past that he does actually hate. So like, there's good attention to detail there. Um, also, I forgot to say um, when when Homer was making that joke about like Bart having a kid when he's really young mm. like knocking up his high school girlfriend or whatever yeah i think an episode in like of a, that of that would be really interesting that would be good like, yeah like, and yeah. like an alternate universe you wouldn't like, want it to be yeah, canon like but what yeah. could happen if Bart knocked up someone yeah yeah that'd be really interesting because he makes sense as a kid that, that would yeah. happen to like a 16 and brandon type story yeah that'd be awesome uh maybe like camp rock and host some sort of like teen mom show or something yeah. and <laughs> follows him around that'd be really cool yeah that's something different for them to do why not like the show's gonna go on forever why not experiment with something like that yeah and just have it not be canon like yeah but yeah and, and they they embarrass and marriage take hands and they stroll off together let's dump that sucker and on the way home let's go the old one shopping really beautiful like slow piano rendition of the theme song played over the credits as well yeah beautifully beautifully done yeah wonderful episode i thought yeah really yeah. really good and did you um where did you go during the school i feel like i probably had a similar situation as barrack where like i left it off for maybe like a little bit too long it was definitely uh, starting yeah, to smell yeah. it's just like I probably actually got it too early. Too early? Into the like, opposite. Yeah, I can't wait to wear deodorant. It's oh, so interesting. Cool. Oh, Africa. I never wanted... <laughs> interesting. I never wanted deodorant. I, I think it was one of those things that my mom didn't want to buy it for me because, you know, she definitely mollycoddled me when I was a kid and it was like, admitting that I need deodorant is like admitting I'm growing up, you know? But uh, I use it now, I swear. <laughs> it shows, right? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah. Final, final feelings. Yeah, no. I I love this episode. Wonderful. Um, I didn't really feel like we needed another Marge episode where she's longing for the kids because they're growing up and she's scared of that. Sure. However, they actually did a really good job of making it feel original. I and thought it was so. Really great. And yeah. I love the experimenting with the animation. Mm. Um, like it was so abnormal and like absolutely for, for what is essentially a filler episode this felt like they really put the effort into it yeah um so i really enjoyed that and it's like a classic tv plot but they did a really good job at executing it yeah um, yeah point. so i gave it an eight out of ten awesome yeah, yeah yeah nice that's a good point i never thought about that like yeah the basic concept of this episode is a very common thing in in like family sitcoms like oh yeah. the, the mom being worried about the kids growing up and fretting over that but they did do a very unique thing with that definitely kind of overdone and basic concept they did something very unique with well, it i'm currently re-watching sopranos and there's literally an episode of that concept oh really so, okay yeah, yeah. well wow. <laughs> is it good yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so this is sopranos yeah i imagine it's strong writing um but yeah i, I gave it an 8.5 i said i thought it was heartbreaking but in a really beautiful way i thought it, it felt like a real love letter for like the the care 
and love that a mother puts into her children like it's always just conveyed very beautifully mm-hmm. obviously I don't know I don't know what it's like to be a mother but like I definitely felt for a marriage in the situation you know what I mean I thought it was done very very well uh, I, 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 I thought there was great Homer gags throughout and as many transformations helped lighten the mood of the episode overall yeah Homer was like even though he wasn't one of the main characters you no. really needed absolutely like, yeah he was perfectly put in there because yeah marriage is the main character and i i would i guess, I guess it'd be barrett and lisa next because it's about her struggle for them growing up so homer's definitely the, the least important of the main four but he's put into it very very well he's, I thought. yeah it's it's it was a really interesting idea to make him like the was it uh like the different Jiminy Cricket character. That's a good point. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like the yeah, like Timon and Pumbaa, like Mushu. He's yeah. like that character in the episode. That's so true. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, that's actually a really, really good point. He is literally just like the person who's kind of trying to be a voice of reason for marriage, but he's also there and, for and comic like relief. Changing into different. He's literally forms. different animals. Yeah, he's yeah. an otter at one point, a dog, and everything. Yeah, that's so true. But yeah, finally, I, I said um, I love that this was a deep, profound marriage episode that um did did like a really deep exploration to her character without having to mix it up for her in any way my point yeah. being that like there's lots of great marriage episodes but like they usually have to like have her get obsessed with something a little bit out of character to make her interesting whereas this was just exactly who she is as we know her Completely, you know what i mean yeah yeah just she just loves being a mother but they did something very unique with that i thought yeah really really wonderful episode that just set a good precedent for what i hope is to come because we had like a fun like you're kind of typical to this episode with Homer's Crossing last week and then this week is something more experimental and different exactly, you know yeah yeah that's like nice. th- that's the mix that I love when you can start it off really strong yeah yeah 100% yeah two really solid episodes but yeah let's jump into the news Dylan Simpson news Dylan Simpson's news Dylan Simpson's news unfortunately I only have well I have two pieces but the the, the main one is unfortunately sad but I, I, I have to report all Simpson's news so I have to report the sad ones too is that the Simpsons right in Universal Studios Florida is being closed down? Wow. Yeah, you didn't hear about this, no? No. Super, super upsetting, yeah. Basically, and look, I, I had a feeling that it was going to happen for a while, but I just didn't want to believe that it would happen. Because obviously Disney bought the company years ago, I and mean, bought Fox years ago. Universal has no rights to the Simpsons, and apparently they've been trying to close it for years. So, yeah, I, I'm not, there hasn't been an exact date set as to when, but it is going to go away eventually. And the rumor is going to be replaced with a Pokemon Land, which is, you know, wow. Pokemon Land sounds cool. I obviously would never like anything more in the Simpsons area. Um, my only hope can be that they're doing this because they want to bring some cool Simpsons stuff into the Disney parks. I would really hope. It, it must be. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. They're hardly getting rid of it and just not do anything with the Simpsons in no. Disneyland. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. You would hope that they would take the advantage to do something even bigger in Disneyland. You know, I think like, they will. Yeah, fingers crossed. Like, okay, you lost that, but we're doing an even bigger Springfield here, you know? Yeah, fingers crossed. Definitely very upset news. And very, very fond memories of visiting that place. God, back in summer, not summer, um, Halloween 2013. So I would have been 15 and just still, like, think back to that. It's just, like, such a wonderful day. Like, just, I was in my element, like, so. Literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it will be missed. Very, very upsetting. No news about the one in Hollywood that you've been to yet. That's still currently standing, but... I would imagine it will go as well eventually, unfortunately. Look, it is what it is. Not everything was built to last forever. But just, I, I didn't want that to be the only piece of news that was so sad. Is I, I found like a, a fun article to, to wrap up the news segment. Is a site called Digital, Digital Trends did top 10 underrated episodes. 
which I thought was cool. This is interesting, well, usually these unread episodes, they do like later season episodes. But this was actually like episodes, mainly from the earlier seasons, just okay. they felt like don't get their dues as much as other earlier season ones do. Um, a few later, later seasons in here as well, though. Number 10 was Eternal Moonshine of Simpsons Mind. And season 19, which I mentioned many times, great, deep explanation for Homer, brilliantly done, where he takes a forget-me shot and the family are all gone, he doesn't know where, where, where they went. Really great episode. Uh, number nine, Brick Like Me, season 25. That's the Lego one. Beautiful exploration of Homer and Lisa's relationship in that one. Number eight, I definitely agree with this one. The Mysterious Voyage of Homer, season eight, which is the one with the, with the chili. Which is like, it's, it's held in a high regard, but you would never see in like best episodes no, of all time list. No. And for me, it would be definitely top ten. So, yeah, totally I, agree. I wouldn't like think to bring it up, really. No. Like, so, yeah, exactly. So, so. It's not like your classic Simpsons formula, so it can be kind of easy to forget. But you remember it, and you're like, oh, that's just fantastic. Mm. You know, I think it's so good. Number seven, Two Bad Neighbors, which is the one for George Bush moves next door. I don't agree with that. That's one I just always forget about. But again, when I think about it, I'm like, that episode is so fun. Mm-hmm. And it's so stupid, like, in, in the best that is way. a fantastic episode. Yeah, yeah, him in the sewer, like, fighting George Bush. <laughs> it's just so brilliant. Number six, Itchy and Scratchy Land, season six. Again, yeah, right, yeah, wonderful episode. That, just... though, I wouldn't say is underrated. You think? Yeah, there's some... quite a popular... Yeah, again, it's one that it's held in a high regard, but I think it just never pops up on, like, best episode lists. It, I'm it not is mad fantastic. about it, but it is a no. great episode. Yeah, no, really, really solid. Number five, I definitely haven't mad about this one, personally, is Radioactive Man from season seven. I wouldn't quite agree with that one. Yeah. As, as far as season seven goes, that's a fantastic season. That's one of the weaker ones for me, personally. It's just a fine, good episode. It's yeah. fine and good. good. Yeah, good, good fun, but yeah, not amazing. Number four, I'd agree with this, is Sarah's Burns, season six. Course. Yeah, again, popular, but, also, but never pops up in lists. Does it not? No, and one thing I, I kind of discovered recently is that a lot of people criticise it without seeing it because they assume it's bad because it's a crossover with another show. But the crossover just doesn't matter. Like, you don't... I don't I've never seen that show, The Critic, and you, I don't need to. Like, I, I, I get who this character is perfectly from the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you never knew about The Critic, it wouldn't matter. It, oh, and, and I He fits into the episode perfectly. I watched it, so yeah, yeah, I watched it loads on the kid. I loved it, yeah. He fits into the episode perfectly, into the, the whole dynamic of Springfield. Number three, Lisa's Substitute? Again, kind of like... Doesn't pop up in best episodes of all timeless, but still like held in a pretty high regard, I think, and and yeah. deservedly so. Yeah, it's a great one, amazing Very episode, good, deep episode. Yeah. Oh, so great! Yeah, number two, Lisa's wedding. Um, yeah, again, season six, one that I would just forget about, mm. and you watch, and you're like, oh yeah, this is amazing. I mean, it's the first future episode, so really great. And number one, uh, Springfield Files, season eight. Oh, I mean, obviously, I agree. Amazing, yeah. yeah, it's my second favorite episode. And you know what? It is underrated because that people do not talk about that episode. Yeah, and I think it's probably the same thing. And people are like, "Oh, it's the it's the crossover with the X Files. It's cheap." And again, it's it doesn't matter that it's them. It's you know what I mean? A crossover. No, I mean it's the, it's the voice actors and they yeah. are playing. It's the same actors and they are playing uh, Mulder and Scully. But like, I I love that episode. Growing up, I had no clue the X Files was. I still haven't seen the X Files. Me neither. Me liking that episode has nothing to do with the fact I'm a fan of the X Files. I've never seen it. They just fit in very perfectly into the whole dynamic of the episode and stuff very well. I think. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a lot of fun little list. So let's jump into Seb's Classics. Um, so I went for a later season than normal. 
Spoiled yeah. For season 15. This may be the furthest back we've gone yet. This is the last episode of season 15. I have a feeling I did a, a season 17 one. Oh, maybe, maybe. Oh, actually, you're right. The Ricky Gervais one. Yes. I'm wrong. Yes. I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you have gone further. Um, So I, I did broadcast news. Yeah. Which is the last episode of season 15. Yeah, when you um, said it, I was like, yeah, all right. Like, it's probably good. Like, I, I, I remember that. I was just like, yeah, I think that one's all right. And I watched it last night and I was like, actually, this is great. Oh, it's great, yeah. And obviously, I love this. This is a, a centered around Mr. Burns. Yes, episode, of course. Which you can't go wrong with. You can't, um, no. He basically. Oh, what happens? So. <laughs> this. How does this. Start this this well? rock collapses yeah. onto Mr. Burns and the whole like, town assumes he's dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he crawls out by some ridiculous process of eating bugs and then. What was this? Was it an otter's milk? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the of, of a mother otter, the milk of it, and that that gave him enough strength to escape through all yeah. the rocks. <laughs> so tough. And um, obviously, the the whole town had got it. Not that he died. That the big that rock, the rock got destroyed. Yeah. Got destroyed. <laughs> I um, love when he's watching Kemp Rock reporting on yeah. like you know an ancient relic passed away today. Like oh here we come. Like, a beloved ancient relic. <laughs> and it's like. Assumed to be a thousand years old. I, mm, I have been 89 for a few years now. That's <laughs> so great. Oh, oh, sorry. I wasn't yawning at that. <laughs> I know. I had a long weekend. As did I. Yeah, um, no, go on. But, yeah, and then, so he comes back, and obviously he's very mad that people don't appreciate yeah. him. Everyone's actually more happy that he's gone. I love the bit as well. We're <laughs> over Lady and Carol are all, like, in, like, white suits and top hats oh, yeah. and canes. Like, they're going to go dance at his grave. That's the, that's the funniest bit, just... <laughs> Just Homer, like, oh, are you ready to dance on Mr. Burns' grave? Like, <laughs> so ridiculous. Like, they written out suits or something. They looked really expensive. And for some reason, Mr. Burns is coming out of the cemetery. It's like, oh, whose grave are we dancing on? And they all just, like, back away. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> um, and he, like, he... Um, to to make himself look good, yeah, he buys, he, like, all the media in Springfield. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He starts with the newspaper, and then Lisa rivals this newspaper with her own one. Yeah. Because she came up with really good poetry, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool. We saw, like, a conflict, even though they never, like, um, really came face-to-face. We did have that one great scene where he... She comes to the power plant because he oh, wants yeah. to buy the newspaper, and she says no, and then he's like... Oh well, then get out of here. And <laughs> she's like, "Oh, my mom isn't picking me up for an hour," and they will just like stand there awkwardly. <laughs> and he's like, "So, what do you think of today's popular music scene?" Like, "Oh, I, I think this distracts more important <laughs> issues." It's like, "My God, are you always on?" <laughs> the fact that Mr. Burns is like, "Do you ever have fun?" <laughs> yeah, him of all people is like, "Come on." <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but yeah, I, that's a good I, point. Actually. That's the one bit that we see them together. Yeah. The rest of the conflict is like it's, they don't cross paths. No, it's yeah. Just, yeah manipulation and exactly i love that his way of like asking a youth a question is so uh what do you think of today's modern music <laughs> it's so good yeah what a great mr burns question. one of my favorite moments was um the itchy and scratchy oh episode, so good yeah it's just like that extreme well. propaganda <laughs> and it just basically becomes like Oh, so this orphanage wouldn't be powered without the uh, nuclear power nuclear plant, power and this hospital <laughs> wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Then Mr. Burns comes in as like an eagle. He's like, "Remember, kids, nuclear power is your friend." <laughs> so dumb. And I think my favorite part of the whole episode was um, when Lenny and Carl are drinking at the bar. Oh yeah, it's like, <laughs> great. Oh, we have time to uh, sit and think for a bit, and then Mo just comes over and starts whipping them. Like, yeah. Let's drink- 
those drinks ain't gonna drink themselves. Yeah. Let's let, let, let get more drinking. And he whips him with his, his yeah. barags. <laughs> oh gosh. They're just like both just thinking for a few seconds, like so ridiculously. So because the newspaper made them think that maybe Mr. Burns isn't so great. Don't have to mull over this. That scene's great. This is a great showcase of like how you can have a scene that like because of how great the ensemble of Springfield is, that scene was not important at all in the episode. But it was such a fun, quick little scene. Like oh, yeah. you, you would not take it out, and you didn't, you know? you didn't feel like you were taken away from the story or anything. No, because it's just a great, in. fun moment. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't whipping them with <laughs> with the rice because they're not drinking. And, it, <laughs> so and I always, I always, this episode in particular, it just mm. really made me think about the whole um, Burns and. Um, Smithers, Smithers, uh, dynamic, like, dynamic, because he had the tattoo yeah. that he didn't get to show him. And I just find <laughs> it like, so number one strange. Yeah. I know, <laughs> so disturbing. I love the bit as well at the end where, like, you know, he he gives in and he and he he sells, he he gives up all the media. And he's looking over Springfield. And he's like, oh well, um, maybe one man can't run all the media. Unless of course you're Rupert Murdoch. And he looks at the, the screen. He's like, what a beautiful man. And Slitter says as well. He's like, I couldn't agree more. Rupert Murdoch being the man who runs yeah. Fox, obviously. This <laughs> is a great moment. Their faces, face the screen is so disturbing. But it's so intentionally done. I do. It's mad. Like I do think an episode that was like slightly political. Mm. And they literally call out the guy that owns Fox. I know. Newspapers. Yeah. They like air it. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's wild. It's wild. But it it's done really well. It's really clever. I, I actually think watching it last night is the most I ever appreciated it. Because mm. when you said it, I was like, yeah, it's all right. And I watched it. I'm like, this is it's so well written. It's funny. It has a good message. It's also another kind of Simpsons episode. I think where it's kind of ahead of its of its time. You know, like the, the, the at the end where they're all bringing out newspapers. It's like, oh, great. Now everyone gets to have their own opinion that they can plaster onto the whole world. But this episode would have been like 2003, 2004. So it would have been before social media. Yeah. So that's kind of what social media it's became. Mad. I'm surprised no one's kind of copped this yet. You, I could, you could easily say, oh, the Simpsons. Yeah, you could. Like, I'm surprised no one has yet because that yeah. scene does kind of... I'm sure there were things like this back in 2004, but it's definitely so much more potent now than it was back then. It's like similar to Homer Batman. It's like yeah. they were ahead of the curve. Like, and I think obviously I don't believe the, all these like these myths of like the Simpsons writers being time travelers and stuff like that. I think it's just a testament to how clever they are as writers, as people that they get to spot these things before they completely came into fruition. You know, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I I thought this episode was wonderful. As I said, I, I appreciated. I would say ten times more watching last night than I ever did before. I just thought it was yeah. well written, really fun. The ensemble was used brilliantly, and yeah, great dynamic between Burns and Lisa, which is a, such a great duo to have against each other because Mr. Burns is obviously just totally lacking in morals, whereas Lisa like always wants what's it's, best yeah, you for the greater good. The least morals and the highest morals. Yeah, exactly. So great um, people I, to have cross against each other. Yeah, I gave it. I did give it an eight point five, but I mm. think now talking about it, I'm going to go up to a nine. I'd agree. I give it a nine yeah. as well. Yeah, just great great ensemble work done through as i said and i just you you, you can never there's no bad mr burns episode there i can't really think of one he's just really such a brilliant character and i think the fact that it, it always makes so much sense to me hearing the writers say that he's like a lot of their favorite characters to write for because he can I'm say like, anything yeah, yeah of course yeah he can say anything because he has no morals and he's also a millionaire so he can do anything so like just totally freeing to write really have and, a lot of freedom yeah exactly so it, it just goes to show how they they haven't ran out of ideas for him 
you know, this is season 15, like, he's a little bit grey, miserable plot line that you're almost surprised that they haven't done, they didn't think something like that earlier. Mm-hmm. Him running all of the media because it just makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant episode. Yeah. Alrighty, let's move on to um, and my new segment, which I'm calling, I forget the name of it now, Keep It Short. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a segment where I'm just like going to cover all of the original Tracy Ullman show shorts of The Simpsons with the first one last week. This is the second one, even quicker than the first one. This is literally only a minute and 30 seconds long, so this will be a breeze. But definitely an interesting one, even cruder than the first one in terms of animation. So very interesting watch. Is you should any... send these to me so I can watch them before uh, as well. Oh yeah, good idea. Yeah. Let's definitely do that next time. Yeah, great idea. Yes, yeah, so we can do this together. Uh, cause it's, it's, it's also going to be very quick coverage anyway. It's just called Watching TV. Uh, original air date was May 3rd, 1987. And it's literally just Bart and Lisa um, <laughs> watching TV. The commercial comes on and as the commercials are happening, they start fighting each other. Which I remember doing with my cousin when I was a kid as well. Because whenever the commercials would come on, we would, we would get to something crazy. And as soon as the TV came, the show came back on, we would just go quiet again. So they, they did remind me of that for sure. And they, they, Maggie tries to change the channel and they start roaring at her. I, I noted that the voices sounded quite crude, especially Bart. They, they, they clearly just haven't found it yet. Like So it's, just, it's so interesting seeing the early origins of this. And the final bit is just it cuts to and the family are all gathered together now watching the TV. And Homer, again, just so out of character now from how we know him to be, is he goes, boy, here we are, the whole family, getting to know each other, exchanging ideas, stories, and laughs, bonding together as only a tightly knit family can. And Bart goes, dad, stop, the show's back on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just great. Like, this is, what a weird, like, that's like the first monologue Homer's ever had, and it's not anything like how the character will go on to no. be. He would never say that now. <laughs> Marriage, maybe. Never, Homer. I just can't get over how good your old school Homer impression is. <laughs> it's funny because it will never serve me. No. I can never do anything with that. <laughs> like, it's, it's not really a good party trick to be like, oh, I can do um, season one and Tracy Ullman show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, most people would be like, Oh, like you can just do like Homer Simpson voice. Like, no, I can do the no, old Homer. Like, yeah. Wait, do it? Hey, Marsh, we're going out for Frosty Chocolate Milkshake. It's like, that's terrible. That's a Homer Simpson. <laughs> and Ridiculous. You know this, like, short is so relatable as well because yeah. we all found ourselves watching TV. Like, <laughs> I do it all the time. I'm, I know you do. Guilty. Yeah. We, we literally have a podcast about watching TV, so guilty is charged. <laughs> Alrighty, let's jump on to recommendations of the week. go rock paper scissors hey always me i actually have three this week wow do you want to think i'm crazy for one one well <laughs> maybe i'll do two then you I do might, i think of one in the meantime nice yeah i i know three might be overkill but the way i feel is like recommendation that we should always be something we're feeling passionate about you know what i mean and i feel like if i left one until next week I wouldn't be feeling as passionate about it anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the first one I went for is uh, the holdovers. Have you seen it yet? No. Uh, you haven't? Have you not heard of it? You don't seem to know what it is. Uh, it's Paul Giamatti. He won the Golden Globe for it. He's nominated for an Academy Award now. Oh. A beautiful movie. It's made by Alexander Payne, same guy who made like Sideways about Schmidt. A uh, beautiful, uh, brilliant director. It's a beautiful film. It's designed like he designed the whole movie intentionally to look and feel like. It was made in the 70s. Oh, I think I did see... Yeah. I didn't see it, but I saw something. The trailer or something. It's brilliant, man. Um, 
like not 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 just that it's set in the seventies. It literally looks and feels like a movie that was made in the seventies, and he just nailed it in 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 that regard. And it's also just a beautiful film about like, basically the it, it's um it's Christmas time, and they're all people who have to stay in their university for one reason or another, and they don't none of them like each other, and they're just kind of stuck there Christmas time together. But they like grow and like learn so much about each other. It's just like a beautiful celebration of like the human spirit and um, how you never know someone fully until you really get to know them. It's a really beautiful uh, message, just so well written. And Paul Giamatti is sensational. Mm. I would not be mad if he won the Oscar over Killian Murphy personally. Wow. Okay. I would go for Killian Murphy before him because I would love to see an Irish, a fellow Irish actor. Uh, win and he's amazing in Oppenheimer don't get me wrong yeah. but I won't be mad if Paul J. Motti wins instead basically yeah wonderful movie uh, should I give my second one yeah, then you yeah. yeah sounds good A Finch a movie from 2021 that I just kind of fell off my radar I kind of just I had Apple TV again and I decided to just give it a go brilliant it's um, like a dystopian sci-fi with Tom Hanks in like a what do you call the thing in Breaking Bad that Walter and Jesse cooking like a camper van okay um it's rv an rv an rv it's, it's tom hanks and one of those and it's literally just him a robot and a dog there's no other humans other than tom hanks and such a sweet wonderful movie basically there's this huge apocalypse and tom hanks knows he's going to die and his dog will outlive him so he makes this robot to train he trains his robot to try and make him as human as possible so he can then take care of the dog it's such a Mad. sweet, simple, wonderful story. And towards the end, just like tears. Just done really, really beautifully. I, I mean, Tom Hanks. Of, I never heard of this film. Oh, it totally fell off the radar. It was yeah. meant to get like a theatrical release. And then because of COVID, it got pushed back. They only released it onto Apple TV. And as you can probably imagine, I'd imagine why it didn't get recognized that much. A dystopian film is probably not what people wanted during covid True. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. so kind of just went off the radar but it's genuinely a wonderful movie very well written and tom Hanks is just great in those kind of parts just like those every man parts of this guy that you're rooting for who's just a complete sweetheart mm-hmm. you know yeah he did it beautifully really really wonderful movie nice but yeah what's what's your rec then yeah so um have you heard of the podcast diary of a ceo i have yeah, yeah. who's that again um i can't remember his name it's uh i think it's it's Stephen Bartlett. Yeah, Stephen Bartlett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have um, heard of it. Yeah, I know a lot of people love this podcast. Yeah, yeah. it's a great podcast. I would recommend mm. that anyway. But, nice. Um, I oh, a particular episode. Yeah, I okay. wanted to recommend an episode about coffee. So I'm sure if okay. you search like Star of a CEO coffee expert, it will come up. Nice. So this guy called um, James Hoffman, mm. he's a British guy, and he won um, Barista of the World in. Uh, best barista in the world in 2007 okay it's like i don't really know how they even judge that yeah um, it must be a competition that people yeah. like enter yeah and he talks about like the science behind coffee and the history behind coffee and fascinating what i like find interesting is people often if i ever try and talk to them about coffee are like it's such a boring thing to talk about like coffee is just coffee but i'm like mm. it's really not like no, the culture and the, the history the behind world, coffee. the world is like centered around coffee like mm. a lot of coffee is responsible for a lot of things and it's responsible for the growth of how quick the world has grown as well in my Jeez, opinion. I, I, sure, um, yeah, I never thought about it like that, but, but I, you, I, I don't disagree you, with you. You'll, you'll know, obviously, if you listen to the podcast, it's sure. really, like, informative about that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he talked about the science of it and he talks about, like, the best way to drink coffee and, like, 
what time to drink coffee and it just really right. like changes your perspective like i could do with knowing um, that yeah yeah i know there was this joe rogan podcast episode where a guy was talking about coffee but i can't remember who, who that guy is but right. this this podcast and episode highly recommend mm. if you like coffee in any way at all or are interested in People how it's changed informed. the world yeah sure listen to this podcast sounds awesome yeah, yeah. Definitely. what was the name of this guy again this episode uh, James Hoffman James Hoffman so you just yeah. got like James Hoffman Diary of CEO and that would pop up probably yeah. sounds yeah. really cool yeah awesome yeah awesome my final recommendation then is um, is this new sort of game show uh, called After Midnight very interesting kind of first of its kind I think I've been obsessed with it recently because they have just like little clips of it on YouTube um, it's it's hosted by this fantastic American comedian called Taylor Tomlinson, who's really just been blowing up recently. He has two fantastic specials on Netflix. and has another one coming out soon. But she's the host of the show. Um, you can watch the full episodes of it on on Paramount Plus if people want to do that. Otherwise, just watching snippets on on um, YouTube is fun too. That's just how I'm doing it. But basically, it's just it's a kind of like an American comedian version of a panel show. I've never really seen before. Okay. But really, really fun. And basically, they just, it's, it's kind of like this, the same way that you know, I think Castle's Countdown has done that. Like, there is a game and they do get points, but like, it doesn't really matter. It's more so just about having fun and having a laugh, you know? But basically, they just like show them trends on the internet and they have to make fun of it. And like, it, it's always three contestants and the points go to who makes the best jokes about the trend, basically. Uh, it's just, it's super entertaining. She's a fantastic host. And uh, yeah, I've been having, having great fun watching it. It's such really good. Yeah, yeah, it's been it. all over my algorithms. I've just been having such. It's so different any sort of panel show or game show I watched before. So it's just really fun, like addictive. Like they 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 put up in like five minute clips, so they're like just fun, quick, easy watches. Yeah, really That's fun. Cool. After midnight, highly recommend. You can check it out on YouTube or Paramount Plus if you have that. Yeah, uh, cool. Let's wrap it up with our final two questions then. Awesome. We've a Simpsons one and a non-Simpsons one. I think the non-Simpsons one is stupid, so let's do that one first. Is <laughs> <laughs> Jack Tyak said, uh, "Who are you gonna have? When are you gonna have that Jack guy back on? He was cool." Um. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we look. We've we've had a lot of um uh, people reach out wanting to be guests on it. Uh, the, the the main thing for me, if I'm to be completely honest, is. I have enough of a struggle. Not as a struggle, it's just it takes a bit of work to get our schedules in order yeah, to do yeah, a podcast. 100%. So anytime we've had a guest, it's only been twice, Dave, Lynch, and Jack, it's been a lot of extra work that usually pushes the podcast back just trying to get three people's schedules together. It is difficult. Yeah. and for me, well, just... I've even had a few people. And I've been really? Like, well, you know, if you want to come up to London, then... Oh, they're not, not people aren't in London? <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay. Well, I have a... Like Brightonians. I a, yeah, I have a friend... Um, who really loves the Simpsons and mm. he wants to get involved so I said cool you know, obviously if he ever came up to London he can but that's the thing it's so difficult yeah because it's tricky already our schedules are a bit of a mismatch and mm. adding a third person to the mix like yeah, yeah. it complicates things um, I'm, I'm totally down to have have more guests it's just one of those things of like it's tricky and um, you like, know obviously we derange it but yeah don't just say you want to and then expect me to do to. all the work yeah. that's the thing yeah 100% it's like when can I be a guest and just leave it to me to have to do all the scheduling and everything else you know it's yeah. like give me a day give me something give me like on free Fridays you know what I mean yeah um, that sounds a bit cheap <laughs> that is kind of the reason why I haven't had many guests on since then though it is just kind of a lot to schedule and I like to bring these out as much as we can and it always just ends up being a thing that we have to push it back when we're waiting for 
our schedule is to align with a third person, you know. Yeah. It, it, it just makes things tricky, but we're definitely down to have guests in the future. And our final question comes from Shan Ryan, a girl I went to uni with who I haven't heard from in, in ages, so thank you for the question. She just said, worst episode. Ooh. Yeah, right? Interesting. Um, I feel like for you, it must be one that we've reviewed. I mean, yeah, it's it's probably... Um the season 33 first episode yeah yeah star of the backstage star of the backstage there yeah. you go like and I don't want to give I hate having to give a new episode a bad opinion no we have to be honest too that the podcast sucks. is about getting people into new Simpsons yeah but and most of it is great but that is one that if someone watched that honestly like they'd be like you like this <laughs> you know because it, it's, it's bad if I had to like I, it's one of the episodes where I if I had to get put through watching that again like I think I would like <laughs> actually maybe have to shoot myself I know like, and it's, it's, it's so only bad. 20 minutes but it, it, it's that um, Roger Eber quote of like no good movie is too long and no bad movie is too short. It's like those 20 minutes are actually rough to get through because it's just such bad and, episodes. And then the music scores are just not well done, music. which is insane because The Simpsons have done hundreds of great songs, but none of the songs in the episode are, are, are well written. Uh, yeah, I mean, that definitely, that episode was definitely, I would probably say top three, but my number one, and I've said it before, is the Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga episode. Fair enough. That episode makes me sad and absolutely nothing on Lady Gaga. I think she's very talented. It's just a, poorly written episode she's not put into the show well um the whole plot line about lisa getting cyberbullied i think it's just written very badly and it feels like the writers don't know what they're talking about it's all just very cringe and it, it's highly considered to be the worst episode of the show by a lot of people so i'm not um you know preaching to pe- people who don't believe that here or anything this isn't an unpopular opinion but yeah for me that's number one mm. sorry about stages up there I would also put the Elon Musk episode up there, which I'd imagine is just even worse now, considering how bad his image is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those, honestly, like, at the top, there's other episodes I don't like, get me wrong, but those two episodes are the only ones I can think of, like, I genuinely, like, I just can't stand them. Which is, when you consider that there's 750 plus episodes of the show, isn't that bad. You know what I mean? It's trying to look at it, put it in a positive way, because obviously, worst episode is a negative question, but, you know. When there's 750 episodes, there's going to be a few misses. And The Simpsons is way more hits than duds. So credit or credit is due to them there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to leave on a, on a positive note there. But other than that, I think, yeah, a super fun episode. Two great episodes. Uh, Mid-Childhood's Night Stream and Broadcast News. Other than that, I think we're going to wrap it up. Good to wrap it up. Guys, thank you as always for watching or listening. And we will catch you all really soon. Bye. Say it. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> Bye, ciao, ciao. <laughs> <laughs>